So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, SFP, if you want to abbreviate. My name is Ben Hartley uh, here in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining. I mean, I just love, I love this podcast. I love the community. I love this audience. And I want to start by saying thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your attention, and I hope that I continue uh, to earn it. We have an amazing guest today who is going to help you grow your business. That is the purpose of this podcast, right? We help photographers grow their businesses, and I am just like you. Uh, we are like, I'm a full-time photographer. I need you guys to understand that I'm a full-time wedding photographer. We've got four photographers here at the studio. Uh, and we absolutely love this career. Uh, we, we absolutely do. And look, one of the cool things about this podcast is it's like, partly I'm selfish. Partly all this is for me. Let's just be honest, right? Like the fact that I get to interview these amazing guests, help you guys grow your business means that I get to in turn also grow mine. And I am in the same boat as you guys. I'm really excited about today's guest. You guys, we have Corey Potter of Fuel Your Photos on today's podcast. I love this man. And this is what I love about Corey, by the way. So, so first off, let me explain. Corey helps photographers get more clients, really focusing in on the website, right? Focusing in on making a website that just works incredibly hard for your business because it's, it's always on, right? It doesn't matter. 24, seven, 365, your website is always on. And Corey has helped 14, over 14,000 photographers, uh, get more clients. And, and the thing that I, I, I really dial in about Corey is I see him so active in this community. I see him so passionate about, about what, not only what he does, but also about actually helping serve other creatives. And, and not only is he out there like teaching, but he's out there listening. Like what, what do you need uh, to make your website better? What do you need to make that client experience better? And so you guys, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, Corey, Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. 
Yes, dude. So, okay, you guys, Corey and I were bantering a little bit in the pre-roll here. And I got to say, Corey, you, so you're currently homeschooling your six-year-old, four-year-old, and two-year-old also. And I kind of hope we have an interruption. I'm just going to say it. I, I know you were like, Ben, just in case my kids come in, we're homeschooling right now. I kind of hope that happens. How? <laughs> what would you do? Like, how do you feel about that, Corey? Well, thankfully, my office is like detached a little bit from the house in the garage. They probably won't come in, but more likely they're going to be screaming on the other side of the wall. Sometimes in joy and sometimes in anger. <laughs> it reminds me of that that uh, viral video that went, uh, well, hey, it went viral, right? Yeah. Of that news anchor who was like, he was in his home office and he's like live on screen and the door slowly opens behind him and like one of his kids runs in and then his wife scampers in behind and like drags the kid out. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That's what I'm imagining and I'm hoping occurs. <laughs> um, although I don't think it would be uh, quite as like noteworthy as that seeing as we're audio only here. Corey, where are you calling from? Where are you where are you out of? I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. Fantastic. How is Columbia, South Carolina? I couldn't tell you a darn thing about it. <laughs> Sounds like we're both from cities named after Columbus, huh? Uh, yes, I know. I thought I, I actually when you started to say Columba, I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, it's it's good. Uh, we've had really nice weather, but it got cold again. So cold to me is not cold to you. Probably it's like 50 here today. So that's cold. You're a to me. jerk. You are a you're a you're a, that is mean. Yeah, that is look, we actually just had uh, it was like 45 here in Ohio. And I'm like outside in shorts. I'm not wearing shoes. I'm skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. Corey, look, I want to jump right into this because, look, I mean, you're a odd breed. I'm just gonna say it, like, <laughs> like we 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 need you, right? <laughs> like we need you so badly, um, minds like you, to help us understand how how our website, this thing, can become one of the most powerful tools to get clients. But like when I think, and I think when most photographers really stop to consider this thing of SEO. I think part of us just like shuts down, right? Uh, like I'd actually go, I'd rather go to the post office. I'd rather deliver something through FedEx than actually have to consider SEO. And, and I hate FedEx. <laughs> FedEx will never sponsor this podcast is what I'm getting. No, but 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 we do. We so, like, I value you so, so much. Um, and so even as I started this, like you're a unique breed, like, like how did you get into this thing? Like, um, of SEO, what got you excited about kind of this back end of, of optimization? Well, I mean, I started doing websites and development in high school because I was just really interested in it. And then right out of high school, started a business doing some websites and optimization for local businesses. But then I actually got into photography. So I was a wedding photographer for almost nine years full time right after that. So it just stopped all the website stuff, stopped SEO. I used it on my own site and it worked. Like I was able to really kind of take over in my market as far as rankings really quickly because I knew what I was doing because I had done it some in high school and college. Uh, and then I took off with the photography business and just did that for a long time. And so one of the things that I guess as we started slowing down with the photography business, we started having more kids and wanted to do homeschooling and actually didn't have as much time to help me. And so I'm like, I need to get back into doing SEO and websites. And I guess, you know, it's interesting because you say like our minds sometimes shut down when we think about SEO. And I think there is a lot of science and data to it. And I'm into that kind of thing. But of course you a are. <laughs> big part of SEO is really creativity. And I think I'm a creative thinker and I like to just 
come up with ideas and think about things creatively and from a different angle. And that's really powerful when it comes to SEO. So I think maybe photographers could be better at SEO than they think if they would just embrace that creativity and instead of trying to follow a scientific formula all the time. Man. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And I think maybe it's because uh, there's probably two different forms of SEO. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've got like more of like the on-site SEO, which maybe gets into a little bit more of the stagnation that I'm used to. But perhaps what you're talking about is is more of like the, uh, some creative strategies um, behind content creation? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, there is definitely a lot of creativity that can go into the strategy part, the content, like what kind of content are you writing and thinking about, you know, how do I think about this from a different angle that still serves my market? Or, you know, how do I give my market something that's not what I would typically give them, but is still extremely valuable? networking. Like there's just a lot of things that you can think about that other people are not doing or that you could do better. And just thinking about how do I make this better? If you're thinking about that all the time, you look at who's ranking and you say, how can I make this better? That's That takes creativity. You know, there's not a formula that's here's how you make something better. It, it really takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, th- this is something that, um, here's, here's the way that I'm going to treat this. You know, I've had a few, I've had a few guests on the podcast that I brought on because I just wanted to ask them questions and I didn't want to hire them. And so I figured this would be my opportunity for a free consultation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, kind of. So here's, (laughs) I want to chat with you about this whole concept that I've kind of, uh, I've been testing it. I've been messing around with it. I've seen it actually uh, really appearing outside of the photography industry first. Um, which I think is probably true for a lot of these marketing strategies. It usually is occurring uh, in other markets and then we're seeing it getting adapted into into ours. Um, But this kind of conversation around uh, cornerstone content, I've heard it described as like pillar content, silo content. And it's like a different SEO strategy that uh, it's, it is really creative and it's really fascinating. And I've been trying to learn it and implement it. And I think I'm kind of like fumbling through it a little bit, but it's, it's really exciting. And I haven't seen uh, this really hit the photography industry in, in it's like in a, in a major way is what I guess what I'm getting at. And it's also a lot of work though. Can, yeah, can we talk about that? Sure. And I think it'd be course? interesting to kind of distinguish between what, what's some different things that people might call it and why they call it something different, but maybe even first talking about why is this important and where did it come from and why are we talking about it in the photography industry now? And I would say, that please, maybe please, yeah. almost two years ago, it was early 2017 was the first time I started to see this become like a major issue where you would see photography sites, especially that have been basically following the rules that have been laid out by other people teaching SEO for a long time. And they were trying to get their main keywords into all of their blog post titles and everything they wrote. They'd be like Columbus wedding photographer, this and Columbus wedding photographer, that and maybe some slight variation of it. They put that in all their blog post titles and all of their page titles and everything all throughout their site. And the idea was like, if we can get these words throughout the entire site, Google will think this entire site is about this topic. And what started happening, I I feel, and and maybe I'm not 100% technically correct on this, but basically Google started getting a lot better and putting a lot more emphasis on mapping entities. And an entity is basically any noun, any person, place, thing, or idea. Google puts it on a a knowledge graph and they connect 
these things and, and they try to guess how close they are to each other. So for example, Columbus is an entity, but also any wedding venue in Columbus is a separate entity and any location, a park or anything that you do, any other business that you work with in Columbus, those are all entities. And so instead of covering one entity over and over and over and over, Google starts to say, well, if you're actually in Columbus, you would probably talk about this entity and that entity and, and, you, and you don't have those on your website. You're not optimizing for those things. And so I think really we started to see this major impact, you know, a couple of years ago because Google started to make this shift, not you're telling us your sites about this. And so we're going to believe it, but saying you're proving your site is about this by covering all of the things surrounding the topic that you're trying to rank for. So, and I'll kind of inject what I like to do, especially in these type of conversations where I easily get confused, right, Corey, I know that this is creative, but I also still am like, I, sometimes I think I'm firing blanks here. So, uh, let me, let me kind of restate what you just said and maybe offer an example. And then you tell me how okay. far off I yeah. am. Does that help? Um, so here's, it sounds like to just try to rank for like, let's, let's stick with me for an example, Columbus wedding photography, photographer, photographers, whatever it is, but like Columbus wedding photographers, like that won't cut it. Uh, in 2019, is that kind of what you're getting at? That you, if instead of just saying that you are a Columbus wedding photographer, you actually prove it throughout your site through other entities, yes, that's, other that's pages. A really good way of putting it. Now, it's not that you don't want to just rank for Columbus wedding photographers. You do want to rank for that, and you probably use your homepage to rank for that. Okay. But you don't want to use every page on your site to try to rank for that one term. So, I guess another thing to really cover here is why. Why cornerstone content? What is the whole idea? Google basically wants to show one result per website, per domain for any given topic. And the reason for that is because they want to show variety. They don't want a single person to be able to monopolize a set of results. If I typed in Columbus wedding photographer and there were 12 results from your website, that's not fair to all the other people out there. And it doesn't give the searcher a good sense of variety. It doesn't feel like Google's even trying at that point if everything comes from one source. So they want to show one result per domain. Now, there are cases where they might show two or three from a domain, especially on uncompetitive terms. But in general, it's one page on your site per topic. Now, topic is not just a keyword. So a keyword, like you said earlier, Columbus wedding photography, photographer, photographers, those are all part of the same topic. And I basically judge topic by the intent of what I'm thinking whenever I go and search for something. So if I'm trying to hire a wedding photographer in Columbus, whatever term I type in is probably going to be part of the same topic. So <laughs> I, uh, <coughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Good. I'm over here. I'm, funny, shaking I can't my see head. You, but I'm imagining you shaking your head. Yeah, <laughs> I like to keep you guessing every now and so then. So here's, here's when you're trying to decide if something is cornerstone content or should be cornerstone content. What I like to do is I like to think about Google as a person coming to me and saying, or let, let's say they're going to come to you, Ben. They're going to say, hey, we know that you, you are an authority on wedding photography in Columbus, but we're not sure oh, yeah. about which page on your site you want us to show, let's say you did have multiple pages on your site optimized for Columbus wedding photography. And they said, we don't know which page on your site you want us to show whenever someone types in Columbus wedding photographers. So can you tell us which page on your site is the one most authoritative and helpful page for someone who's typing in 
Columbus wedding photographers or something like that. And if you could answer them with a specific page, that page should be your cornerstone content for that topic. So can you, so why, why is it called cornerstone content? Is, does that matter? Should yeah. I care? For some reason, I'm caught up <laughs> so on it. So I guess people do call it a lot of different things. And I, I guess cornerstone content has stuck for me because it's become more popular. Yoast started putting it in their plugin where you can mark something as cornerstone content. So that's one of the reasons why that particular phrase has stuck. It started being used like 10 years ago by somebody who wrote about it on a blog. And the idea was like, you know, just like cornerstones on a house, these are like the foundational um, pillars or, or, or cornerstones, really just this is what supports your site. These are the big topics that everything else sits on. And so that's why it's called cornerstone content. It's the important stuff, the stuff that's really going to bring in traffic. It's it's weighty enough. It has significant search traffic in most cases, uh, and it deserves a piece of dedicated content. That's typically why it's called cornerstone content. But as far as the difference between cornerstone and pillar and silo, there's not a whole lot of difference. However, sometimes when you start talking about silos, you are talking about content that shouldn't mix. So if you're familiar with silos on a farm, the reason that you have multiple silos is because you have different types of grain and you put one type of grain in one type of silo so that it doesn't mix with all the other grain, right? Same idea could be true for content. You might want to rank for um, Columbus wedding photographer, but you might also want to rank for, let's say like Cleveland wedding photographer. And if you did, you might want to separate the content that you have around those two topics so that they don't mix together so that Google doesn't get confused. And they're saying, wait, are you this or are you that? We can't really tell. And so sometimes people do need to silo the content, which means make sure that it doesn't mix if you're trying to rank for multiple topics that are not really related to each other or shouldn't be related to each other. Okay. So Corey, let me get this straight. Um, as as from what I'm hearing, I think the quick assumption that that I could have would be that, well, I've got a blog, right? So like, how is this like cornerstone content different than a blog? Because it sounds like it, let's, uh, let's go this route that I've just blogged a wedding for like, let's say the Columbus Museum of Art. How is that not cornerstone content for the Columbus Museum of Art? It seems like it would rank if someone was searching, you know, Columbus Museum of Art wedding photography, that would rank for that. How is that different than a cornerstone piece of content for the Columbus Museum of Art? Essentially, how is your blog post any different? It's not necessarily different at all. You can definitely have a blog post that is cornerstone content. And in fact, what you're talking about right now should probably be cornerstone content. I think the problem comes whenever someone shoots maybe five or six weddings at the Columbia or the Columbus Museum of Art, right? So then all of a sudden you might have several posts that you would think you would optimize for that same venue, but you shouldn't because then they compete with each other for the same term. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out, do I want one of these blog posts to rank for the Columbus Museum of Art? Or do I want to create a summary page that will rank whenever someone types in Columbus Museum of Art that then showcases all five of these blog posts by linking to them? And so Wait, that's one of the big differences. That's huge. Yeah. Hold on. This just blew my mind. I, at least this just melted all of my beliefs about blogging. Because <laughs> we're over here like blog, like, you know, I want to shoot the Museum of Art, right? Let's just say, let's go that route. I'll let, you're a wedding photographer. You want to shoot that one particular venue. 
as do I. So I'm blogging the heck out of the Columbus Museum of Art. I'm shooting every time I shoot there. I'm blogging that I've got I've got 30 different blogs about the Columbus Museum of Art because in my belief this is going to help me rank better for them. And you're telling me it's not correct. Yeah, it's probably. Oh, Corey, fix me. So so you're saying that I'm in competition with myself? Exactly. Yeah, I'm actually looking at your site right now and I see like several you have quite a few posts before the Columbus Museum of Art, but you do have one page that's Columbus Museum of Art and it's like story uh, South Story Creative slash Columbus Museum of Art. It seems like that one is more of like a summary that talks about the venue and then you have these other posts, but they all still use Columbus Museum of Art in the title. Yeah, so I've got I've got this is fun to kind of break this down. Um, if anybody wants to check this out, you can head to stylestorycreative.com and on the top right I've got this section called wedding venues. So what I've tried to do, Corey, is I've tried to create w- what I thought was like, you know, this cornerstone content where I created a separate landing, not a landing page, but a separate page, right? Um, for the Museum of Art and then I sh- I linked out to my separate blog posts from it. Yep. But all those blog posts are still in existence, still, I don't know, tagged it up for Columbus Museum of Art. Should they not be? Probably not. Most likely what you want to do with those blog posts is come up with some other creative title. I actually have a whole blog post about what to do when multiple blog posts target the same venue or use or at the same location or the same keyword. Um, and I go into like all the different strategies for creative blog post titles. But as an example, if you... Ha- can we get that in the yeah. show notes? Can you, can I'll you send, send it to you. that? Um, awesome. We'll get in the show notes. And then, you know, like as I'm looking at one of these posts, what what I'm going to be thinking about is, is there some unique attribute to this wedding? And can I, can I talk about that? So I, in my post that I made about this, I was um, trying to rank for this venue called the Millstone Adams Pond. And it's a really popular venue in my city. And I probably have done 30 or 40 weddings there. And whenever I think about what would I, cr- I make a, a creative blog post title about one of these these weddings. It's not my cornerstone content. I was thinking, you know, something like uh, Southern plantation house wedding in the fall, like something like that is is specific and it still describes the attributes of the venue without necessarily using the venue name in the title. And then within that post, I'm still going to use the words, the millstone Adams pond. And I'm going to use those words as anchor text and link back to the one page that I want to rank for that topic. I know that's getting a little complicated and it's hard to show on a podcast, but that is important whenever you have supporting content for Cornerstone content. It should link back to your Cornerstone content. Can I ask a, can I ask a question? You can tell me no, and that's okay. But I would love a super basic flowchart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, like that would show like, okay, so wedding venues, Columbus Museum of Art, then it would go down to the blog and then the blog would, so the blog would then link back to the venue exactly. page. Yep. And the venue page should link back to the venues page, the one that summarizes all of the venues. So it's, it's like, this is, this does kind of get into a silo because you have a silo of wedding venue information, right? So all of this kind of lives within the same pillar or silo and that that's where it kind of gets beautiful. Each one piece can be a piece of cornerstone content, but all together they make this huge silo about wedding venues in Columbus. Yeah. I feel like I've got a lot of kind of like the right parts, but maybe like they're, it's not quite, not quite the right um, structure. linked together properly. Yep, Does that exactly. make sense? 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And you probably do have some things that are competing for the same keywords and it would be helpful to. So I've had sites for clients where I have taken situations like exactly what you have here. Uh, One of them was trying to rank for um, cake smash sessions in Houston. And they had like eight different posts where they were all using cake smash session Houston in the title. We took it out of all the titles, made creative titles for each one, linked all of those posts back to one piece that we wanted to rank for that term. And instead of being on like the third or fourth page in general, like for one of those pieces of content, she started ranking in page one, position one for that term. Like sometimes being really, really clear is all it takes to tell Google, this is the authoritative piece of content. I want you to rank this. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, so you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, you're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, Keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. As your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 
24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six figure photography in the section where asked, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. Looks like you and I are going to need to talk a little bit more, Corey, uh, post podcast. I may need to, I may need to hop on, uh, some consultation appointments with you here. This is so cool. Okay. So then can we keep talking about, cause like I'm trying, I, I even just had a conversation with the team today about blogging and some of our blogging goals here for this year. But, uh, you know, I feel like I run into this um, where either we don't blog anything or then suddenly we just kind of blog everything. Is there any good strategy that we like that we should have in mind for our blog in 2019? Like what on earth should we be blogging? Because right now it's this. It's like, hey, that was a dope wedding or that was a venue that I like to shoot at. Let's blog it. And we just post up all the pictures and we maybe write something and then that's it. That's the extent of our blog. Nothing more, yeah. nothing so less. So let me answer this in two parts. First of all, I want to tell you what kind of going back to Cornerstone content, what should actually be included on Cornerstone content because that will help with what to blog. But two, I'll also talk about blogging schedules and how often you should blog and what you should blog kind of that for general client work and stuff like that. So first of all, going backwards, you have to, this is, this is really helpful thinking about this Columbus Museum of Art example, actually, because when you go and you do a Google search for Columbus Museum of Art, you need to think about what is Google actually showing for this result. And if you do that search, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm assuming it's probably going to be the venue's website, maybe an internal page from the venue's website, probably an info card over on the right for the venue itself. You're probably going to have a Facebook page for the venue. You're probably going to have some directories that list that venue. And then after that, you're probably going to start seeing results from photographers. And it's probably going to be a blog post on some sites. But in some cases, you are going to have a venue page like what you have here. And the, the difference between the two is really key because... And this is you're asking, like, what's the difference between a blog and cornerstone content? You kind of just blog this. And one of the things you have to really think about is what does someone want to know when they type in Columbus Museum of Art wedding? What are they trying to figure out? They want to know things like how much does it cost to get married there? Where can my guests stay nearby if I get married there? What's transportation and parking like, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're trying to figure out. And, and they may want to say, what does it look like if I have my reception on in this room or at the, on the front lawn or, or whatever the options are? So inspiration and information, those are the things people want to see, right? A blog post can be great for inspiration. It can be it can be really good. And that's when, why you'll see so many blog posts ranking for these venue terms is Google knows people are looking for inspiration. They want to see photos. They want to see real weddings. But at the same time, those information searches are probably even more powerful because you can answer all of those questions. You can talk about the history of the venue and on and the capacity of the venue and the address of the venue and all this kind of stuff. So, so deciding which way you're going to go can really be tricky. And it can the best way to figure that out is to go and do a Google search and figure out what is Google showing and what's missing here? What do people want to know? So that's kind of how do I decide if I should be using Cornerstone content, what's included. It's all about answering exactly what people want to know. That being said, not every piece of content that you blog 
not every blog post needs to be cornerstone content. Some of it can be supporting. Some of it can just be for clients. There are plenty of reasons that you can blog and you just need to make sure that you're not competing with your main stuff, but you can blog more frequently. Um, I think one of the big problems that photographers face is that they're blogging for SEO and they try to post too frequently just because they think they should be blogging often. A lot of people say, if you blog often, you'll have great SEO. And that's not necessarily the case. So my recommendation for people is typically, I want you to blog as often as you can add significant value to a topic. As long as, So for example, I might, I might blog once a quarter with a, a new wedding venue that I can really cover in depth. And then I might blog once a week with client work that either supports that or is just interesting for showing that I'm busy or, or, or whatever. But whenever I'm blogging that once a week, I don't necessarily want to be polluting my site with a bunch of low quality content that's just like a, pictures, no text, Google can't tell what it is. It doesn't really go anywhere. So I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. Like, what should I be blogging? I would say you should be blogging significant topics that people are actually searching for as frequently as you can. And that might only be a few times a year. Hmm. So significant topics, I think on this, well, on this topic, one of the things that I imagine most photographers wrestle with, and I only know this because this is what I wrestle with, right? Is actually writing stuff, right? It's like, I, I get done from a wedding I've got great imagery and I could probably pull off three sentences, <laughs> you know, um, without like falling asleep. So do you have any strategies, uh, for kind of generating written copy, um, on blog? Yeah, posts? I mean, cause this kind of goes back to exactly what I was just saying. You don't necessarily need more copy on all of your blog posts. <laughs> so like all the SEOs are saying, get more text, get more text. You need 300 words. You need a thousand words, blah, blah, blah. Like every blog post doesn't need to be that way. If you're trying to rank for something, then you go back to the SERPs, the search engine result pages, and you figure out what people are searching for. That's what I was just talking about. So basically, if I go and see people want to know this, 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 and this, those are the things that I want to cover on my blog post. If I'm just writing filler content for fluff or trying to get my word count up, that doesn't do anything. Yeah, I think that's what is currently happening. And and I say, I think it's largely happening probably in the industry it as, is. as a whole, right? It's like, how many photographers out there are like, this jaw-dropping wedding at the Columbus Museum of Art was nothing short of perfection. The bride wore a something or another gown and the, the day was amazing apart from a 20-minute shower. But look at this great shot that we got despite the rain. Um, you know, I think it's just a lot of that yeah. Stuff? And I mean, there are, there are things that are valuable within that. So if you are trying to get a blog post to rank for Columbus Museum of Art, it can be valuable to put in as many words that relate to that venue as possible, you know, and I don't know that venue off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll go back to the venue that I do know, like the Millstone Adams Pond. If I am trying to get a post to rank for that, I do want to say things like um, historic house, grits mill, pond, uh, pecan Grove, you know, there, there's like all these things that are, are related to that venue. And if I'm not talking about them, then I'm not really covering the topic. So working that stuff into your paragraphs makes a lot of sense. But again, if, if you've already got another post that's optimized for the Millstone Adams Pond, 
then this new post that you're writing doesn't have to be as in-depth. Maybe it just talks about one specific aspect. I've done posts where I just covered a reception at a venue. I said, um, reception at City Art Gallery in Columbia, South Carolina. I just did a whole post about the reception because I didn't have any other content that was optimized for that particular phrase. You can do stuff like that as well. Or another, another thing it. you can do it, is you, you can take a bunch of different weddings and make one post that says, here are examples of the funniest things that happened at weddings this year. You know, people search for that kind of stuff, like funny moments at weddings and stuff like that. It's not necessarily locally relevant, but the idea is there are things, engagement sessions with pets, you know, like if you just did a roundup post of 10 different engagement sessions where someone brought their dog, that would be an excellent blog post. Corey, I'm so excited to schedule like uh, an audit of my website with you. I just want you to know that right now. <laughs> that as soon as we're done, I'm going to I'm gonna email you and be like, hey, how do we move forward with scheduling some sort of audit on my website? Because <laughs> I I'm, I really am excited for this. I just think um, there's – you guys, man. Uh, and the reason why can, – can we actually just go off on a slight little tangent here for a second, Corey? Because when we started out, when Style Story started – um, this was earlier. I mean, this was probably eight years ago and the, uh, the whole, the whole algorithm, the whole SEO world was something very different than it is today. And we were able to step up our game and work with, um, a close friend of mine who, who does a lot with SEO and, and we we encountered what you did, uh, Corey, where like when our SEO was on, uh, we just completely dominated. I mean, you just show up everywhere and, and, and people start, and it's amazing. It's just on all the time, 24 seven, you're being found and discovered. And, um, and it's something that I just, I think is so incredibly valuable for photographers to not ignore. And, um, and it's one of the things that we've continued to invest in. I think, you know, of all the things that we've invested in from our marketing and our brand, SEO has continually been something that we have and put dollars into every single year, and I will continue to do it. And we've seen the the dividends uh, pay out from it. And I just I, I just wanted to acknowledge that that as much as I'm kind of you know joshing around a little bit about you know the free advice from Corey and which it is right, take advantage of it. Um, this is something that we we pour a considerable uh, investment in every year for our SEO, and it's how we um, how we've really grown to where we have. And so, man, photographers don't underestimate this stuff. It is just so incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I know Corey wouldn't say that. You know, he doesn't want to come across too salesy, but like I'm going to say it. It is just like it is so valuable uh, and important to do. And it takes work, Corey. I mean, as far as time goes you know, is this something that you advise photographers do handle on their own? And if so, just to try to dedicate, you know, a, a set amount of time each, each week or, or quarter to, or month to, or is it something where you be, bring on a, uh, an intern and, and have them begin to kind of create content and, and do you have any, a good approach for the photographer who just feels like really a, yeah, thing I mean, that is I something I run into every single day working with photographers. It's a struggle to do SEO in the photography industry because, to hire someone like me to really do everything that you need done is like hiring a full-time employee, right? It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going it's probably not going to make a lot of sense for most photography studios for the for the cost and the payoff. But what I try to do is I I try to find 
what are the things that I can teach people to do on their own? And what are the things that I can do in the shortest amount of time that will make a big difference for people? I think there needs to be some balance. Like if you're going to be a business owner and you're, you're going to manage your marketing, even if you're not like, even if you have someone helping with marketing, if you're managing your marketing, you need to understand the concepts of SEO. You need to understand the strategy behind it. Even if you hire someone to walk you through a strategy and, the, and they tell you, here are the top topics in your area that you need to be covering to really do a good job with SEO. And then they give you an outline with some keywords and you say, okay, I'm going to come up with content. You probably still want to write most of that content or have someone very close to you write that content because otherwise it's not in your voice. It's not in your expertise. It's, you're not becoming an authority. You're just hiring someone to write for you. And I think that's so key. Becoming an mm -hmm. authority is really what SEO is all about. They're, Google is trying to show the most helpful and authoritative results, right? So if you're not studying what it takes to rank well, then you're probably going to be missing out. And if you're not going to at least know how to lead a team or a content writer or an intern or a marketer to, to take your site in the right direction you're probably going to be disappointed. So I do think you need to learn the basics. You need to learn kind of the stuff we've been talking about. Like, what are the topics I'm trying to rank for? Which pages are going to rank for those? And what does it take to optimize those pages? And then from there, I think the rest of the work really comes down to two things. One is doing regular networking. So like going out and meeting people, um, having them link to your website, mention your website, helping them first before you even ask them to do that. I do this with wedding venues all the time, or I did when I was a photographer, I would take people, uh, you might have different opinions about this, but sometimes I would just like give them a, a, a drive full of images and be like, use these however you want. I don't care. And the, the stuff that I got back from those people, as far as them linking to my site and mentioning me, I have, I have a venue that's still mentioning me on social media probably every other month. And this is two years after I've stopped doing wedding photography because I gave them stuff like that. And so that kind of networking plus review building, so getting reviews on Google from your clients, those kinds of ongoing tasks, link building, review building, that's incredibly important. And it's almost impossible to hire someone to do that, right? Either you or someone working in your business has to make those connections and do those things. And then the second thing is you need to be reviewing what's currently working or not working and adjusting. So you, like your site right now, you know, you've done a really good job with this Columbus Museum of Art and putting content out there, but it's time, like things have changed enough that it's time to go back and say, we probably need to consolidate some of this content that's not performing and direct it to the content that is performing to make it even stronger. That probably needs to happen once or twice a year. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Dude, um, so I mentioned a number of resources, a number of things I'd like to get in, into the show notes for everyone, just so you guys can kind of track along with this stuff. Uh, so if you guys want to see even some of the references we've been talking about, I'll make sure to get a link to um, Style uh, Story Creative uh, to this um, Museum of Art page. Maybe even you guys can see that. It is, by, by the way, I'm not saying to go look at it as a thing to, uh, to replicate exactly because it's obviously I there's still work that needs to be done, but even just as a point of reference to see some things I'm trying to test and I'm, I'm fumbling around with you guys, right? So as you guys are testing out, um, kind of some of this, uh, cornerstone content, you're testing out these blogging strategies. I am in the same boat. I'm trying to learn along with you. And so if you want to see that, you can, I'll make sure to get a link there. I'm also going to make sure we get a link, um, 
Corey, you mentioned you had a blog post that talked create uh, blog post titles. What to do when multiple um, blog posts target the same keyword? Yes, create a blog post titles. Yes. So we'll make sure we get a link out to that. And then Corey, uh, is there anything else that we want to get down there um, for the community to be able to check out? There's just, there's so much content here. I mean, obviously I want them to be able to, to check out fuel your photos. Um, where can, I mean, yeah. What else can people uh, do to learn more from you? Yeah. So uh, my um, website has well. basically everything on it. So fuelyourphotos.com and it has my, my course, my services, my group all can be linked from there. My, my Facebook group's really active. We talk about, search engine optimization pretty frequently. Those are the main places where I'm actively putting out content. Love it. Corey, I really like you. Uh, I think you're really good at what you do. Uh, and it's been an honor to have you on the show. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm honest, I'm, I'm serious about um, connecting further and, and seeing how, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, like you said, I want to continue uh, to kind of audit the site, see what can be improved upon. And I want to encourage you photographers as well to, to do this. If you, and here's the thing, if you are interested in being a full-time photographer for any length of time, right? If you like any longevity to it, two years plus, <laughs> then I really want to encourage and advise you that SEO is one of those things that, you know, it, it is something that takes some time. It takes a little energy, but when it's on, yeah, it is very more or less passive. Right. And it's not like you've got to run a new Facebook ad. It's not like you've got to go out to a new bridal show where these are really active things that if you were to stop doing it, if you were to stop going to bridal shows, stop running Facebook ads, everything dries up. When you take the time to get this giant ball rolling, when that ball gets rolling down a hill, yes, it is an uphill battle to start. You're pushing this stone and it sucks. <laughs> but man, when it gets going down the hill, it is a fun ride and it, it, it makes being a photographer so much more enjoyable when you have people who are yeah. continually I, filling your inbox. Can I give and like this a, will a be quick actionable yeah, tip at the end or it's not really actionable tip, but more of a takeaway because I feel like we did talk a lot about it. like a yes. conceptual SEO and all this stuff. And I think that's really, really important. But if you're going to like take walk away from this and you're thinking, okay, what do I do right now? What I want you to do is think about in 2019, we're still you know close to the beginning of the year. What can I blog about this year or what can I create content about this year that is interesting and useful to my audience? And I want you to come up with a list of even 10 or 12 things and make a schedule where you're going to release these blog posts. And it could be as little as four times a year, as many as once a month, but I don't want you to go much more than once a month. And I want you to try to create some type of really helpful piece of content once a month or once a quarter or whatever your schedule every other month is going to be uh, and, and really put that out there on your blog or on your website. I love it. That's awesome. It's a great challenge. Corey, thank you so much for being on today's show. Uh, I'm excited to have you back already uh, and maybe we'll talk about that. I'd love to have you back later in the year and uh, kind of do maybe a recap, a 2019 SEO audit recap. What are some new trends that are occurring? How did this year go? Sounds good, man. Um, I think it'd be really fun. Corey, thanks again. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Man, I just, this, this SEO stuff, it really gets me excited and I hope it does the same for you. I, you know, we, we stayed a little bit in the clouds today, just a touch, um, but there's so much information at Fuel Your Photos that when you go there, you click on the link in the show, it's just head over there. There'll be so, there, there's so much practicality, right? So many practical things to do. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys to please go check that out. Uh, Corey's incredible 
incredibly active online and, and, um, he's just a great guy. And so please take advantage of this kid. Um, I, I know I will thank you again for listening and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the six figure photography podcast. Uh, until then, if you just can't wait, by the way, and you want to hit me up on Instagram and say, hi, go ahead and do it. I, I'll, I'll see you. I'll say hi back at Jabin Hartley on Instagram. I'll see you over there. Bye everyone. <laughs>